Welcome to the Effortless English Show with the world's number one English teacher, A.J. Hogue, where A.J.'s more than 40 million students worldwide finally learn English once and for all without the boring textbooks, classrooms, and grammar drills. Here's A.J. with a quick piece to help you learn to speak fluent English effortlessly. Hi, I'm A.J. Hogue, the author of Effortless English, Learn to Speak English Like a Native. I train you to speak English. English fluently, powerfully, and effortlessly in my VIP program and all my courses. Join my VIP program. Commit to my VIP program. Succeed like other VIP members. They did it. You can also do it. But you must commit. You know this. So commit. Don't quit at EffortlessEnglishClub.com. Go there. Commit and don't quit to my VIP program at EffortlessEnglishClub.com. All right, we're going to learn uh, an idiom today, uh, an English idiom, English language idiom, of a super famous idiom. This one's really famous, very, very common, very famous, and it comes from the book, Aesop's Fables. I told you that many of the fables, the stories... Uh, in this book, that we have a lot of idioms in English that come from Aesop's um, stories. So these are old idioms, very, very old idioms. And many, many, many of them are still very common. You'll hear them all the time in movies, in TV, in real conversations. And today is one of the very most common ones. It's called sour grapes. Sour grapes. So sour grapes is an idiom in... Uh, in English, we, we use it a lot. You know, he has sour grapes. You have sour grapes. You just have sour grapes. Very common. And where does it come from? In fact, you know, I didn't realize it, but it comes from Aesop, Aesop's uh, stories. What else? A uh, couple more updates. Uh, oh, the Business English course. We're uh, uploading it now. So, hey, my team, my tech team, my website team is working faster than usual. Faster than I expected. Usually it's the opposite. Usually they are always much slower than I expect. So usually I say, oh, the new course will be ready in one month. But really it's six months. <laughs> so this time I'm trying to say, the, I'm doing the opposite. I'm trying to tell you a long time. Oh, maybe end of the summer, my business English course will be ready. But now they are telling me they are working very fast and maybe it's going to be ready much sooner. We'll see, okay? Because usually there are some problems, some little technical problems. We have to test everything. So anyway, I'll let you know. But that Business English course is called Business English Conversations. It's uh, focused on the topics are very much about career, jobs and careers. There's some great lessons about how to get a job, how to make a good resume, how to do a good job search so you get the best possible job, how to be good in job interviews, how to write a good letter to get a job. All of these things, these are very useful. And then after that, uh, in your job, how to have a good career, how to uh, make more money, over many years, how to get better and better and better jobs. You know, all the all the things you want in your business career, <clears throat> in your working career. So lots of good advice in there from myself and also from my dad. 
And as I said yesterday, the other cool thing about this course is it's kind of an extra bonus, really, but you get a lot of idioms, too, simply because my dad naturally uses a lot of idioms when he speaks. So in our conversations together, he uses a lot of idioms. I realized uh, when we were making the course, I was kind of surprised, actually. As we were making the course, I was uh, doing the vocabulary lessons, and I, I realized, wow, Dad uses a lot of idioms. <laughs> so it's a bonus. What else? Um, Japan time, 4.30 a.m. Japan time, May 26th. Oh, that's two days. Oh. Just realized that's just two days. Ah, I better send an email to Acharya just to uh, double check everything and make sure he's ready for the interview. But anyway, I'll be in in just two days, um, two and a half days. I will do my interview with Acharya and we'll talk about natural law. Natural law, one of my favorite topics, as you know, or Dharma, the Eastern word, Dharma, you know, Liga Natural, I don't know, it would something like that in Spanish probably. Um... And in uh, English, natural law, something like that. Dao in Chinese, probably. But anyway, it's the same idea, and we'll be talking about that. This idea that there is a there are these natural laws, the natural order um, in all things in life and in the universe. Of course, we know physical laws like physics, right? But there are psychological laws. There are spiritual laws. There are emotional laws there are uh, laws a natural order a natural way for learning a language as you know right for learning english and there are unnatural ways and why is it important because when we know the natural law and we follow it in all areas of life we get better results with less effort so we're happier everything feels easier and yet we succeed more and get much better results and we create good in the world. And when we do the opposite, when we go against the natural law, you can, you know, we have freedom to choose and uh, you can go against it. But when you go against it, you make everything in your life more difficult. You get worse results. Everything's more painful, more difficult, more frustrating. And you cause a lot of problems. So the simple example with English, right? If you try to use the unnatural way of schools, memorizing grammar rules and other textbook stuff, well, you know. You know, you're going against the natural way, the natural law, and you know that you're going to be frustrated usually. Most people are bored. The results are super, super, super slow and not very good. It makes everything much, 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 much more difficult and less effective. And then the opposite, when you use a system like Effortless English that follows the natural law, the natural way, then everything happens faster, you improve faster, your results are better, it's more enjoyable, it feels easier. Everything becomes easier and better when you follow the natural law. This is true for learning English. It's also true for your emotional life. It's true in relationships. It's true in all parts of life. That's why this idea of natural law is so important. Even, like I said, even practically. There is a moral or spiritual level for natural law. Probably Acharya will talk about that. Acharya Ji will talk about that. But... um. But also, there's a very, very, very practical level 
like just learning English or learning a sport or having a good relationship with your husband or wife or children. You're just getting these, ba- even doing a business, running a business, basic real world life stuff. When you follow the natural law, you get better results more easily. And when you go against it, everything becomes harder for you. So let's, um, I'm going to say a quick hello to our live audience on Facebook as usual, live. Lots of familiar names I see are saying hello. And then we'll do uh, we'll do sour grapes today. A really good um, another sh- you know all these stories are short, but this is a really good idiom. It's so common. You'll see you'll you'll hear it a lot after today. Okay, so Merrick from Poland. Hey, hello again, Evgenia. Hello again, Taha from Egypt, land of the pyramids. <laughs> Fantastic. Hey again, um, Dong. Hello. Utichai from Thailand, yes. Vietnam. Deepak Sharma from India, hello again. Saad from Iraq. Asma from Egypt also. Well, lots of Egyptians today. Mohammed from Egypt. Cameroon. Christelle, oh yes. Hi again, Christelle. Um, Algeria. Dana, VIP member. Good job. Welcome. Ibrahim Kamal. Good to see you again. Myanmar. Yadanar. Very good. Ronan, nice name. Kurdistan, Aram, hello. Uh, Brazil, Kaka from Brazil, Brazil. Hello, Amardeep, hello. Kurdistan, of course, as usual, Kurdistan, Czech. Vietnam, 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 Somalia, hello. Kurdistan, India. All right, let's get started right away. I agree. And Lisa. All right, let's do it. That's enough hellos for now. I'll come back at the end, of course. Read as many comments and questions as I can. But let's not let's not um, wait too long. Let's get started. I'm going to read this now. Okay, here we go. Sour grapes. This is another story from Aesop, the you know the ancient ancient Greek storyteller. Sour grapes is the name of the story. Okay, a hungry fox. There are a lot of foxes in his stories. (laughs) A hungry fox tried to reach some clusters of grapes, which he saw hanging from a vine on a tree. But they were too high. So he went off and comforted himself by saying they weren't ripe anyhow. And then uh, I forgot the, the... Last time I forgot to read the uh, the meaning of the story. Aesop actually at the end he gives us a message also. So here's Aesop's message of this story. In the same way, some men, when they fail through their own incapacity, blame circumstances. All right, let's go back to the beginning. We got a few vocabulary words. Let's learn some vocab. Sour grapes, first of all, is an idiom in English. We usually say, you know, he, oh, you have, you just have sour grapes. He has sour grapes. That's how we use the idiom. We usually say have or has sour grapes. And I'll teach you when and what situations uh, to use the idiom in a minute. But let's just do the basic vocab first. All right, a hungry fox, right? Fox is an animal, tries to reach some clusters of grapes. Cluster of grapes. So cluster is a nice word. So grapes, you know, right? 
food, a fruit. A cluster is a group of something. It's a group of something that's that's together. That they're, they're close together. So you know, if you when the grapes they're growing, right? They they don't grow individually, not one by one, right? They're in a big group, a lot of grapes all close together. That's called a cluster. And we can use this with many things, not just grapes. You can have a cluster. You could say, uh, you know, a cluster of people even, right? It means there's a lot of people and they're all close together, all like maybe standing all very, very close together. In fact, it's also a verb, to cluster. To cluster means to gather together very close, very, very, very close together. So you might see people and say, ah, they are clustered together. They are clustered together, meaning they are all right? Very, very close to each other. More than normal. Just like grapes, right? You know, the kind of, the grapes, right? It's kind of a classic. It's kind of, uh, you know, a lot at the top and kind of drops down and there's, I don't know how many in a cluster, but what, maybe like 20 or 30 grapes, right? They grow in these clusters, these little tight groups. So cluster, a cluster is a tight group, tight group of things, anything. All right, so the fox, he looks up and he sees a cluster of grapes, a lot of grapes. Mmm, they look really good. He's hungry. He saw them hanging from a vine. A vine is kind of a lot, you know, it's what grapes grow on, right? Grapes don't grow on trees. They don't grow in bushes. They don't grow in the ground. It's a vine. It's like a long, thin, right? And it climbs up the side of a tree or climbs up a fence. That's called a vine, but what's the problem? He's hungry. He sees these delicious-looking grapes. Ooh, they look really good. This cluster of grapes, this big group of grapes all together. Mmm, he's hungry. He wants them, but there's a problem. They're too high. He can't, he can't get them. They're too high for him. So what does he do? He's hungry. He wants the grapes, but he can't get them because he's too short. They're too high. So he walks away and he comforts himself, makes himself feel better. He says, they weren't ripe anyhow. They weren't ripe anyhow or anyway. Ripe, what does ripe mean? R-I-P-E, ripe is an adjective, ripe. We use it for fruit and it just means it's ready to eat, right? So you can imagine if you have an apple, if it's not ripe, an apple, if it's not ripe, it's, it, maybe it's very, very hard. It's not sweet yet. It's not soft enough yet. You try to eat it, ah, and it's too hard. It doesn't, it tastes terrible. It's not ready yet. It's not ripe. But later, with more time, the apple is ripe. It becomes softer and sweeter, and it's the perfect time to eat. It's the same like with a banana, right? If a banana is green, really like dark green, then it doesn't taste good. It's not ripe. It's kind of, it's not very sweet and it is kind of also kind of hard, difficult to eat. So you have to wait and then the banana becomes yellow, kind of the perfect color, nice yellow. Now it is ripe. It's ripe. It's ready, ready to eat. Ripe means ready to eat. So then you can eat the banana. It's fantastic. So the uh, fox says, ah, the grapes are not ripe. Right? He walks away and he says to himself, oh, they're not ripe. They're not ready to eat. Right? They're sour. If a grape is not ripe, it's probably sour. It's not sweet. It's sour. So it tastes bad. That's the whole story. Again, a very, very simple story. They're really more like situations, right? These, they're little situations, these little stories. 
So then what's the message? Well, Aesop tells us his message. He's, of course, all the stories, the characters are animals or things, but really he's talking about people. So what he's saying is that many men do this when they fail for some reason because of their own incapacity. Capacity means kind of like ability or potential. In makes it negative. So it means not skill, not ability, not potential. Right? So the opposite. It means when men fail because they, because it's their fault, because they're not good enough, right? Their incapacity, meaning they're not good enough, they don't have the skills necessary, right? The fox is too short. The problem is the fox is too short, so he can't get the grapes. It's not the grapes' fault. Grapes always grow on vines and they maybe grow high sometimes. It's the fox's fault, right? If a tall person maybe could get the grapes, but the fox is too short. It's his incapacity. It's his inability, right? Not ability, not potential. And so he's saying that when men fail, it's often they will blame the situation. Instead of blaming themselves, instead of accepting their own failure, yes, it was me, I was not good enough. Instead, a lot of men, they will blame the circumstances, right? They'll say, ah, it was his fault. Oh, it was bad luck. Or... Like in this situation, they pretend they didn't want to win. They pretend they didn't really want something. So, right, the uh, the fox, he really wants the grapes. They look good. They are ripe. They look delicious. And he's hungry. But he can't get them. So what does he do? He makes an excuse. Oh, I don't want them actually. Really, I don't want them because they're not ripe yet. Oh, they're sour. Sour is that kind of like a, tastes like a lemon, right? Like a... Most people don't like lemon without sugar, right? Just just to eat a whole lemon, just eat the whole thing. Most people don't like that. It's too sour. Well, he's saying, the fox is saying, oh, well, the, uh, the grapes are just sour. They're not ripe. Of course, it's not true. He's, he's, it's, it's a lie, right? He really wants them. They really look delicious, but he makes this, since he can't do it, he makes an excuse. Oh, I don't really want them. Oh, they're sour. They probably taste bad. I don't need them, actually. And then he walks away. And so Aesop's, of course, teaching us that, you know, this is just a common thing that a lot of people do where they want something, then they can't get it, some goal, but then they can't get it. They fail. And then they say, oh, I didn't really want it. Or uh, it was just bad luck. Or they blame something else. They don't, they're not honest. They're not honest. They don't say, oh, I couldn't get it. I'm not tall enough to get it. I wasn't good enough. I failed. Most people don't like to be honest about their failures. Instead, they make excuses like the fox. So that's the message. And that's where the idiom, now let's learn the idiom, sour grapes. So imagine this. I'll give you a situation. When do you use this idiom? Let's say there, uh, this is a common one. There's a boy and he's with his friends. Let's say he's 16. He's a teenager. He's 16 years old and he likes a girl. He sees a girl in his class and uh, it's very obvious. His friends know that he likes the girl. He's like, oh yeah, that girl looks, oh, she's nice. I like her. Oh, I'm going to ask her for a date. So he goes and he talks to the girl. And uh, the girl says no. She says, no, no, no. I, I, uh, no, thank you. I don't want to go out with you. I don't want to date with you. And then the boy comes back and his friends say, oh, what happened? And, and the boy just says, oh, 
actually, you know, she's not very pretty. I, I don't really want to go out with her. I really don't want to date with her. And then the friends, if they're real friends, if, you know, they see, they know the real situation, they know what happened, they might say, ah, uh, you just have sour grapes. Or they might say, that's, that is sour grapes, right? Meaning what he said. That's just sour grapes. You have sour grapes. It means we know, we know the truth. We know sh you think she's pretty. We know you really want to date her and she just said no. We know you're just pretending that you don't like her because you failed to get a date. You have sour grapes. Often we'll use the word just. You just have sour grapes. Ah, oh, you that's sour grapes. So you can use it in any situation like that. Um, you can, you know, sports. Anytime someone wants something, they don't get it, then they pretend that, oh, they can make an excuse. Actually, I didn't really want it. Then you can say, ah, that's sour grapes. You have sour grapes. That's how you use the idiom. And again, this is a common idiom, so you probably will hear it sometime in a, in a TV show or movies, or if you hear um, native speakers talking to each other in a conversation. It's, it's a fairly common idiom. So it's a good one to know. This is a good one to know. And now you'll remember it because you'll remember the whole story with the fox wanting the grapes, right? So again, these little stories help you remember these idioms or the vocab because they connect the word and the meaning or the phrase and the meaning to a whole little story that you can imagine in your head. It makes it easier to remember. So to review quickly before I go to questions and comments, a uh, quick review again of the vocabulary. We have cluster, right? A cluster, is a, it's a noun, a cluster of something. And that is, it's a, it's a group. It's a, it's a lot of something and they're all very, very close together. And it can also be a verb, to cluster means to get together very tightly, to gather together very closely. So cluster of grapes, a cluster of grapes. And you can imagine in your head a big, you know, how grapes grow. They, they're all in a big group. We also call it a bunch, a bunch of grapes, right? But a cluster is a more specific vocabulary word. And we have vine. Vine is the kind, is what grapes grow on vines, not on trees, not on bushes, on vines. Those long, thin, that they climb up the side of a tree or something. And then ripe means ready to eat, ready to eat. But ripe, specifically we use ripe with, um, we use it with fruit and vegetables. You can use it for vegetables too, I guess. But most commonly with fruit. Um, you don't use it with meat. You don't use it with eggs or other things. It's, it's for mostly fruit, maybe some vegetables. You can say, you can use ripe, meaning that ready to eat now. And then incapacity means inability, means you don't have the ability. All right, that's it. Simple story. Another simple story. Got a few vocab words from it, and we got a nice idiom, a very common one. All right, I'm going to zoom down to the bottom of the comments to take a quick drink of water for my dry mouth, and then we will start. All right, here we go. Yeah, Dodd, now Dodd brings up a point. Dodd Ibrahim says, we also have this idiom in my native language. It's common. Yes, I'm not surprised because again, you know, Aesop, Aesop wrote this book before English, before modern English. There was no English when he wrote this book. 
I'm trying to think back in, uh, you know, in the British Islands and uh, at that time, it might have been even before the Saxons. So there was no English language when he wrote this. And it was in Greek. And of course, Greek um, affected all the languages around there and all the cultures around there. So I'm sure that many of the idioms that come from Aesop's stories, you probably find them in many languages. So that, that's uh, not a surprise, actually. Saif says, um, I'm almost finished with Power English. What course do you recommend uh, other than VIP? Should I start with Real English? Yeah, do that. Do Learn Real English. LearnRealEnglish.com is a very good one. That's a great course. And it's more advanced. That's a good advanced course. Cleefy, good to see you. Um... Cluster, you spelled that correct, Asthma. Thank you. I'll put it on the screen very quickly for if you're watching the video. C L U S T E R. Cluster. It can be a noun, it can be a verb. There's even something, you know, in the military now, there's something called a cluster bomb. It's a lot of little bombs that are all together. Okay, uh, Mosin says, here's uh, some Persian idioms uh, that are similar uh, in meaning. We have two proverbs in Persian. Number one, the cat, the cat can't reach the meat and says, yuck, it's uh, stingy, it's bad. Same idea, right? The cat wants the meat, can't get it, and then says, oh, it probably is bad. So it's the same exact uh, idea. The bride is not able to dance and she says, something is wrong with the floor. <laughs> right, same idea, right. So, there are a couple of other idioms that have the same... Because, why, why? Because this is human nature. It's, some, it's a common thing that people do, right? Blaming, don't, don't uh, you know, blame their problems, blame, blame their failures on something else. It's such a common situation. So, it's, so we have these idioms. Rajesh from Indonesia says, Hi from Indonesia. You're a great teacher in the world. Unfortunately, most people don't see it. Hopefully, you and your wife and new babies are always happy. Thank you. Very nice. Thank you. Yeah, so Armand says we have the same in the Kurdish language. So, very common. Very common. Uh, Dinah says it's so difficult sometimes to admit our, our failures, right? Our follows. Yeah, yeah, our flaws. Exactly right. It is difficult because it's painful to realize, right? Nobody likes it. That's why it's a common situation because uh, already when you fail, it already feels bad, right? It doesn't feel good. But then to fail publicly is especially painful and to have... To say, oh, everybody sees you, everybody knows you failed, now it's now you also feel embarrassed. So it's that's why we have this feeling to oh no, I'm okay to blame something else, because we don't want to show <laughs> we don't want to show completely. It's kinda of, you know, it's not it's understandable.
All right, let me go down to the bottom again. We got more people typing. Ah, Alexi, hey, good to see you. Let's see, Alexi again. Let's see, if you blame only the environment and not yourself, nothing will change, right? That This is so true. Sometimes it's really hard to recognize there is your blame, and it's almost in everything. A good example is presidential elections. A lot of people don't vote for the candidate, but after a while... After the election happens, they start to lament. Hey, there's one of our old vocabulary words. To lament, right? Cry ah, about the new president or something. That's right. And they don't consider that it is their blame too. In our modern society, no one wants to take responsibility. This is right. Men are afraid to take a first step in a relationship. At least in Ukraine. In many places, I think. And most of the people used to lament. It's horrible. Yeah, this is, uh, like, you know, it is, it's human nature too. So this is something very old. Aesop wrote, what, 2000, over 2000 years ago. Um, so it's not new. This is not new. Uh, not taking responsibility, blaming everything else, blaming other people, blaming the situation, blaming bad luck, blaming everything else. This is human nature. Uh, it's not good human nature, but it is so common. That's why Aesop wrote about it, you know, over 2,000 years ago, and why we can still see the same behavior today. Uh, it is very common. And Alexi's right, it's not good, though. It's a bad habit. The reason it's a bad habit is that, really, it's, it's an attitude of being powerless, when you really think about it. Because when you blame everything else, it means you can't do anything. You can't learn. You can't get better. You can't get stronger. I mean, it's... But if you're responsible, if you... Instead, if you say, it was my problem, right? Uh, Maybe I made a bad decision, or I was too weak, or I'm not skillful enough, or I didn't, didn't know, right? I had a bad... The wrong idea, There are many reasons, but then you can learn, and then next time you can do a better job. Uh, So in most things in life, it actually is better to just blame yourself. But don't only blame yourself. If you only blame yourself, then you just feel depressed, (laughs) you know? So you have to blame yourself and then learn and then try again. That's kind of the main thing. Learn, get better, try again. And that little, you know, cycle, that those steps, learn, you know, take responsibility, learn, get better, try again. That will lead to much better results in life, usually. Yeah, sometimes we're just not good enough for something. That's okay, too. Yeah, so this is a great Merrick with a nice uh, comment. Uh, going wrong, it happens to everyone. Yeah, this is right. Exactly, right? We all fail. We all fail to get a result or a goal. It happens to everyone. We're overcome by our emotions. Memory fails us. We are lost in a professional life, in personal life. Some people think admitting a mistake is a sign of weakness. But to admit to the mistake and to apologize can only be the great spirit. Yeah, right. Right? This is, this is the good thing. We see because this is an idiom, because it's so common, it means that it happens to us all. We all make mistakes. We all do stupid things sometimes. We all have a you know, blue pill sometimes in life. and uh, So there's really no shame 
There's no shame in just saying, yeah, I was wrong. Yeah, I was foolish. Yeah, I failed. I failed. Yeah, I like that girl. She said no. That sucks, but oh well. You can't control someone else. At least you tried. At least you tried. So there's no point in uh, yeah feeling all terrible about it. As long as you learn. Guy says, maybe the fox didn't want to beat himself up because he read no failure. Yeah, maybe. But he didn't try. He just walked away. He didn't try again. Uh, Okay, let's see. Yeah, defense mechanism. If you want a psychology uh, phrase, Muhammad Mosa says this is called a defense mechanism. In psychology, that's it, it is what they call it. It's called a defense mechanism. It means it's something in your mind you use a belief uh, or a technique you use to make yourself feel better, so you don't feel pain, so you don't feel embarrassed. And so you're right. Yes, it is. That's what they call it in psychology. Yeah, Hamid says, um, this idiom also goes with money. Sometimes we justify that we don't want to be wealthy when in fact it's because we believe we can't get it. That's very common. You're right. A lot of people will say, oh, I don't care about money. Oh, I don't care. But really, they're just afraid to, to, to start a business or to do something. Really, when you look at their life, they're actually very, very, very stressed about money all the time. So they actually care about money a lot. Right? Now, some people really don't care about money, and you can tell. You look at their life, they live simply, they're happy, they're not stressed, uh, which is fantastic. But some people actually, like you're saying, it's sour grapes. They actually do wish they were rich, but they think they cannot do it, and so then they say, oh, actually, I don't want money. That's that's the exact sour grape situation. So you could use the idiom <laughs> in, the, in that situation. <laughs> Uh, do you have a plan in the future? Z- Ziad says, um, just to compare words, uh, like some, little, how do we use them? I think that's great. Yeah, I like to teach vocabulary in um, real situations, like in stories or from a real conversation, something real, not just teach you random words. That's how they do it in school. It's unnatural. It goes against natural law. And that's why you always forget. I'm sure you have had many, 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 many lessons like that in school. Or they tried to teach you countable and uncountable, you know, nouns. They tried to teach you some little enough frequently often and how are they different and I know you've had lessons about that I know you've probably even had tests about that and if you're still confused it's because they taught you with a bad method and so you totally forgot it and you're still confused about it which is okay it is a little confusing sometimes in English but we have to learn these things from real situations Um, so I will certainly teach those things when we find them in a story or something else. Then you'll remember them and you'll have a full a story to connect it to. And that's that's what I do in my courses so that you really learn it deeply and don't forget it. And that's, you know, that's following natural law. That's the natural way to do it. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> 
a funny comment. Dana says, uh, when a Kurdish boy gets rejected by a girl, he makes a page, like a web page, and starts swearing at politicians or becomes uh, strongly religious. <laughs> it's, it's funny because it's true. Uh, not just Kurdish boys, right? It's the kind of sour grapes. It's it, this is called um, what would we call that? Maybe it's a kind of projection. But some it's a, it's another way people deal with uh, failure is they'll um, instead of getting angry at themselves, instead of being angry at the person who did something, they focus their anger on someone else or something else that is not really connected. So they're angry about the girl saying no, but then they start yelling about, you know, politics or money or or they yell at their parents or something that's not connected to the girl. It's also human nature. It's a common thing. Basir says, hello from Afghanistan. Your advice, your advice is really helpful for learning English. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Afifa with an interesting idea. Um, hi from Kurdistan. I like to know about other people's cultures, as knowing culture means knowing language. Yeah, they're connected. Um, culture and language are, um, you know, culture. language is part of culture, right? It's part of your culture. So, um, this is one reason, you know, American, um, really, I'd say American English and British English, for example, it's really the cultures that are different. There are some vocabulary words that are different, but the cultures are definitely different. The languages are not so different. You know, I can understand British English very easily, as long as it's the normal kind of TV standard British English. But um, but we do have very, very different uh, ways of thinking about a lot of things. Our cultures are quite different. Speaking of, Thu says... Um, how can I change my American accent from the British one? I sometimes have T and S sounds like British because I have been taught only a British pronunciation, but I love speaking with an American accent. Well, you could you could use my pronunciation course at EffortlessEnglishClub.com. It's American English. You can also just, you know, listen to my podcast, listen to me and other Americans and just copy us, you know, play one sentence pause and then say that sentence and copy our pronunciation and focus especially on those American sounds, right? The, the thing like we kind of have the hard R compared to the British and we have a few other things that are different. And just the main thing is when you're learning an accent like that is to really exaggerate, make it super strong. Even if it seems like you're doing it too much, that's good for a while. When you're practicing and first learning it, do it too much, super, super, super strongly. You will think you're doing it too much, but actually most people who hear you probably won't notice. It'll just sound normal. Christelle, 
with a good point, shame especially prevents us from telling the truth. Yeah, it often is, right? It's often the shame, the embarrassment where we're like, you know, like the boy example. The, the, his friends watch him and he asks the girl. She says no. That's a very embarrassing situation. I mean, nobody likes that, right? No guy likes that situation. It is very embarrassing. Right, so you, uh, so you, so of course, like you know, you're there's there's it's very natural to want to make an excuse in that situation. It's hard not to, because you're already embarrassed. Um, so yeah, it often is that. That's true. Hello from Senegal. Hey there, Mustafa. <laughs> Using another. Uh, idiom here it cost an arm and a leg to learn English before starting to listen to AJ Hogue <laughs> right arm and a leg cost an arm and a leg means cost a lot oh here's a quick question about my YouTube my first this is my first time to see you you are really good well thank you is there a specific order to watch your videos no not really just Look at my, you, just, you can go to my uh, blog or my YouTube channel and just uh, look at the titles and watch something that looks interesting to you. There's no specific order you have to follow. Salmo, the common question. I am good at listening to English, which is good. But the problem is vocabulary. How can I improve it? Reading, reading, reading. Audiobooks, audiobooks, audiobooks. Audiobooks, it's reading with your ears, right? You think about it, you're, you're listening to a book. There's just no better way to learn vocabulary than uh, books. And I don't mean not textbooks, I mean real books, storybooks, and even nonfiction. So, books, read the books with your eyes, right, normally, and also listen to audiobooks. And this is absolutely the best way. And that's according to uh, my experience and also according to the research of Dr. Stephen Krashen and uh, a lot of the research that he um, investigated himself. So, and I believe he's totally right about that. It's also more enjoyable. It's kind of a fun way to get vocabulary. Okay, so Mohammed, uh, Mosa again, I'm always blaming myself and this gets me down most of the time. Yeah, right. So this is the danger. Now, this is the kind of bad side of blaming yourself too much. And this is why you also must, part of blaming yourself, you have to, you have to do the other steps. If you only blame yourself, then you start to feel, oh, I'm stupid. You lose your confidence. So that's not good. So you have to do the whole thing, all the steps. Blame yourself first. That's okay. Number two, learn something, right? Learn something. Number three, get better. And number four, try again and then forget about it. Forget about it. Well, after you learn something, after you learn something from your failure, from your mistake, just then you have to just forgive yourself and forget about it. Then don't blame yourself. You don't blame yourself again and again and again. Just one time, like, let's say you walk up to the girl, she says no, you come back, you feel embarrassed, you blame yourself. What do you blame? I, I don't know. Well, she just doesn't like me. That's not really blaming yourself. You just say she doesn't want to go out with me. Maybe you, maybe you were not very confident when you talked to her, or maybe she just doesn't like you, whatever. But you just, you learn something. She doesn't like me. Um, 
my talking was not very confident, my speaking. I'll try to get better next time. Then you forget it. Then you have to forget it. You don't continue to blame yourself again. And then you're just like, okay, fine. Well, I learned something. Now it's finished. Let go. Let it go. So that's the key. If Don't hold on to the blame, right? Just learn and then let go. So that it's a good point, Muhammad. Thank you for mentioning that because it is dangerous to blame yourself constantly. You can't, you only do it, you just, after you learn it, stop the blame. Taha saying, you know, admitting the mistake is the first step to solve your problems. That's how my father used to teach me. Yeah, your father was completely right. Uh, if you pretend there's no problem, then you can't learn. You can't get better. <laughs> Van is... You guys are writing that different idioms now. A bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. I realize learning English through idioms is very interesting. Yes. Van... Tomat says, AJ, for many years you were my English teacher. Thank you. Now you are more the teacher of my life. Thank you even more. Thank you. That's very nice. Thank you. Soma says, um, Hello, I'm a Moroccan girl. It's nice to see you. Happy Ramadan. And I like your lessons and pronunciation. Thank you very much. Happy fasting. How long have you been streaming on Facebook? Which days and times? Well, it's usually around this time. Um, well, not every day, but most days. Uh, I recommend uh, follow me on Twitter or Gab because I announce my videos. Like maybe five minutes before I start, I'll send, I'll announce, I'll write it on Gab and Twitter so you know I'm going live, I'm streaming. And my Gab and my Twitter... I am AJ Hogue. It's just my name. A-J-H-O-G-E. That's my account. Just follow me. Follow me on Gab. Follow me on Twitter. Thank you, Gulisa. Yeah, Mikhail says, it's easier to say I failed to our friends. Like Peter Gabriel sings, don't give up, you still have us. Yeah, good friends, you can do it, right? Because they'll support you. They might laugh a little bit, but they're just playing, right? They're not, they don't care. You know, like, so, yeah, you can kind of admit to your friends, just kind of, oh, well, and they might kind of, ha, 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 laugh, and then, you know, and it's forgotten, and it's, it's no big deal. Those are good friends. Yeah, like Dinah said, blame yourself a little bit. <laughs> Not too much. <laughs> Hello from Spain, Rosario. Hello indeed. Hello to you. Paulo. Hello, Brazil. AJ, we should invite you to Kurdistan. Yeah, someday. I've got a lot of 
a lot more countries. I have been invited to many. So, uh, have, right now, I can't travel much because of my babies, but maybe in the future. Google says, you are my hero. You teach me English. Thank you very much. <clears throat> Vladislav, great. This is a fantastic... Russians are funny. Uh, in Russia, we don't have sour grapes, but we have a different phrase with a similar meaning. So this is a Russian idiom. This is English translation. A bad dancer is bothered by his balls. <laughs> nice. Uh All right. Uh, oh, Slavika says, very very nice comment. After, AJ, hi, AJ. After two months in the VIP program, my English is incredibly improving. Improving, understanding, reading. Also, I don't care about mistakes. Thank you so much for the Effortless English system. Slavika, thank you so much for this very nice comment. And I'm very happy that you feel you're improving and having great success. Keep going. Commit, don't quit. You're going you're gonna to be great. All right. All right, I'll answer this question again. I've answered this question many times, but for some reason, people really uh, find this uh, interesting or they're curious about this. AJ, is it correct to say especially as you do instead of especially? It is correct if you're American. Yeah, it's especially that K, the K sound in that word. Um is uh, very, very, very common with Americans. Probably, I'd say, North Americans. So, Canadians, too. Canadians and Americans. Uh, often, probably, mostly, pronounce especially. We put a little k, we put a little k sound in there, even though it's not spelled. It's, there's no k in the, in the spelling, but it, I don't know. It's just American pronunciation. It feels more natural to us, um, especially. This is one problem. Sometimes, uh, for example, Spanish speakers uh, have a little bit of problems with words like this because they make the S too strong and it's, uh, for their pronunciation. So they'll say especially, especially. And it's because in Spanish, it's, it, w- it's, it would be very good pronunciation, but it's uh, um, with English, especially American English, we'll, we'll put that little K. So both pronunciations are fine. You can say especially if you want to, especially, 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 or you can put the little k, the little kind of k sound in there, especially, especially, especially. It's also fine. Is it technically, I don't know, perfect English? I don't know, but it's very, very, very common. It's, it's certainly common American pronunciation. Lisa says, I once saw an employee at a workplace. He did everything to make his colleagues' life impossible and to be fired from his job. In the end, he was fired, and he got sour grapes, and he kicked himself, 
which is another idiom from football. Yep. Right. Nice. See? Told you it was a useful uh, idiom. Mien says, uh, AJ, your style recently is kind of cool. Ha. Anyway, I love it. Looks quite young. Ah, thank you. I guess you mean you're my... My summer shirt. Uh, Mark says, listening to podcasts and radio and so on really works for English learners. Yeah, it can, as long as it's not too difficult. Another idiom from Shima. My dad has two left legs. (laughs) Does that mean like clumsy, I'm guessing? Nice, Alexi with a nice positive uh, attitude about criticism. When I was 16, my friends always said that I was thin. I had no muscle power. Uh, My friend. His criticism, substantiated meaning true, motivated me to get stronger and I went to the gym. My point is, criticism is best tool to start to take action. It helps to overcome a lot of obstacles that you weren't able to face because you just avoided it because of fear. But you have to take into account that every person can withstand different amounts of criticism. Yes, and there's also a kind of um, positive criticism uh, which is true. I mean, that's the difference, right? Again, it's a problem in the English language is that we sometimes use this word incorrectly, not, not, maybe not incorrectly is the wrong word, but not specifically enough. Because um, sometimes people will criticize you, they say bad things about you, but what they are saying is not actually true or it's not helpful. So they're blaming you for something that's not your fault. They're saying you're stupid, but you're not stupid. That's, um, that's not helpful criticism, that's just an attack, an insult. And you might you have to avoid that because it will just you know it doesn't help you at all it makes you feel bad, but then there is uh, you know what we call constructive criticism we talked about before. This is criticism that is helpful, and number one it has to be true. It can't be false. Um, and so that kind can be useful. Yes, I and you know often it comes from people that you really trust, people that you trust, people who really care about you. A coach, a real good coach, might criticize you sometimes. Yeah, you're doing that wrong. Do this. Or, you know, you're weak. You need to get stronger. Lift weights. Or a good friend might do this. And that's totally fine, and it does help. It's very helpful. So, Alexi's right about that. Anime says, effortless English is the best. Wah! Oh, now here's a kind of a question. Can we use idioms in academic writing or academic speaking? Speaking, yes. Um, Writing, uh, depends on the teacher, probably. Um, Probably better to avoid. In general, for academic writing, probably better to avoid idioms, mostly. Uh, Although, you know, it's... there's no rule about it, but yeah, generally avoid for academic writing. Speaking uh, speaking is always more casual than writing, so I think speaking is fine. 
yeah, if, <laughs> Evgenia, being honest, saying about uh, her own situation, I had this situation before. I didn't get a job. I told myself, oh, I didn't want it so much, but really it was painful for me. I didn't get the job only because of the stupid English test. And after I understood that I needed to improve my English a lot, and now I'm here. I hope I will get the job next time. Great. See, so you you learn something, you, you're honest with yourself, and now you're taking action to get better. So now forget about it. Perfect. You're doing exactly what you need to do. Okay. <laughs> Gabriella. Walls have, is another idiom. Walls have ears. Another idiom which has an almost exact equivalent in Spanish. Yeah. Walls have ears, meaning they can hear. <laughs> now we should say, you know, phones have ears. <laughs> Computers have ears. How can I find you on Gab? Gab.com. And then AJ Hogue. Follow me, AJ Hogue. A-J-H-O-G-E. I'll put it right here. Gab.com in the comments. AJ Hogue. Gab.com slash AJ Hogue. That's me. Follow me there. Uh, AJ, what do you think of the gold list method? I saw it on Steve Kaufman's channel. I don't know that method, honestly. I'll look into it. Sounds interesting. Can you teach us about cover letters, essay writing, and interviews? Uh, certainly. In fact, we, be, that is what my business English course focuses on a lot. But I will do some in the podcast too uh, soon. I'll do some. I'll do some business and career shows uh, soon. Kind of as a way to talk more about you know with my business course coming back. It's a nice way to promote the business course and uh, talk about those topics. So I probably will in, uh, pretty soon do some topics like that. <laughs> Taha says I'm waiting for your business course on fire. Great. It's very good. You know, um, many people love that course. Love, love, love. And they were, uh, that's why I'm bringing it back. Francois, hello. Good to see you again. AJ, have you ever been to Poland? I have not. I have never been to Poland. But you know, it's on my list. Lots of effortless English uh, fans and members and supporters in Poland. So I would like to go. Abra says, Power English is a fantastic course. Just incredible. Thank you, Abra. That's nice. Thank you. All right, I'm going to have to go soon. Uh, as usual, I am watching a baby tonight. <laughs> AJ, the best teacher from Brazil, border, Bolivia. Hey, Jelma. Very nice. So you are in Bolivia on the border with Brazil or you're in Brazil on the border with Bolivia? I'm guessing you're Brazilian, but you're, you live very close to Bolivia. All right. 
<laughs> Min with a little question about just the way, uh, just spelling, really. AJ, Taoism, Taoism or Taoism? So he's asking about the spelling of, you know, so it's a Chinese word, Tao. Um, but you will see it sometimes spelled with a T in English, T-A-O, Tao. And sometimes you'll see it spelled with a D, although less often you'll see it's, it's D-A-O. But it's always pronounced D with a D sound. So it's very confusing. It's spelled with a T, T-A-O, but then we say Dao. Why is it? Well, it's because it's not English. It's a Chinese word. And so um, some foreigners trying to learn and teach Chinese they realize the characters are very difficult when you're learning. If you're for, for like an American, for example, trying to learn Chinese, it's very difficult to learn the characters. So they made a system to write Chinese with uh, European, you know, Western Latin, really, letters, right? A, B, C, D, E. But the problem is, of course, that Chinese pronunciation does not exactly fit our letters, our alphabet. And so you get these strange pronunciations of these words, so and or strange spelling of these words. So in Chinese, it's Dao, with, and it also has a tone. I have no idea what the tone is. Uh, but then we spell it with a T, because it comes from that old system, where they would use a T for a D sound. Why? I don't know. <laughs> so anyway, it is confusing. I agree. That's why, though. Chinese uh, legendary philosophers are two men, I don't know, invented in the past. Lao Tzu and, oh, and Chuang Tzu. That's right. They're, they're the two most famous that I know of. Again, I, I cannot pronounce the Chinese correctly, but yes, Lao Tzu, L-A, in, in English letters, in, in uh, you know, Latin letters, L-A-O, and then next is T-Z-U, usually, it's how, it's how it's pronounced, Lao Tzu. And then usually I see the spelling in with uh, our letters of the, the other man, the second famous Taoist philosopher, is Chuang, C-H-U-A-N-G. Chong, I don't know how to pronounce it in Chinese, but that's how we say in English, Chong. And then again, Tzu, same, T-Z-U. Two men. Lao Tzu and Chuang Tzu. Ask a Chinese person for the correct pronunciation. I have no idea. Uh, are you going to... Abra, uh, uh, Abra says, are you going to do more courses? How about the super power English? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> when the babies get a little bigger and I have more time, I might. Oh, so a little frustration from Dowd saying, Hi, AJ. I'm sick and tired of this school teaching. So, um, Dodd is, Ibrahim is a school teacher. It was my first year of teaching. As you said, I taught them not in English. Instead, I taught them in my native language. It was embarrassing. I have a plan to teach first grade, six years, kids next year, but all in English, not in Kurdish. What do you think? Should I blame myself for the school system? Um, well, you know, it's the school system is the, the cause, but, you know, it's fine to kind of blame yourself or take responsibility. You're doing it. And now you're saying you realize, okay, that sucked. That wasn't, that didn't work. I, I, I did that way and it's not good. So now I have a plan to do a better job next time. 
that's what you need to do. And I encourage you, you know, for small children, lots of games, storybooks, TPR actions. Uh, you can do more research about all the different ways to teach it. Um, little kids. So you're speaking English most of the time. You know, a little translation is no big deal. I'm not 100% against it. Um, but... You know, 90% of the class, let's say, should be in English as much as possible. And that's how they're really going to learn. Evelyn, another VIP member, says, Hi, AJ. I've been your VIP member for several months. I made huge progress, especially in listening and speaking. Thank you so much. I love you. Evelyn, thank you so much. And I, I always appreciate when VIP members or Power English members, any, share their success stories. So thank you. I'm really happy that you are having so much success. That's great. Tomas says, when are you coming to Poland? I asked you a long time on Gab. You said you'll come. I'll come someday, but I can't. Right now, I have a baby in my, the hospital, another small baby at home, so I can't travel right now, really. So, uh, we'll see. I would like to come to Poland. I'd like to visit Poland. Ah, well, here's a very basic question, and then maybe two more, and then time to go. Donna says, podcast. What is a podcast? Ah, I forget. Some people don't know what a podcast is. A podcast, I mean, it's internet radio. That's the easiest way to describe it. It's like radio on the internet. So it's audio. But, you know, radio, right? You turn radio, you find the channel, the station, and then you listen. Well, a podcast is, uh, it's on the internet. So what do you do? You find the podcast uh, page or app. You find it in an app usually. And then you play it and listen to it. So it's the same idea. There are lots of podcast apps. If, you, if you're doing it on a phone, they're, they're, most of them are free. So iTunes, for, for Apple, for example, iTunes, you, there's a podcast. You, if you have iTunes, you can go and there's a podcast section. You go to that in the store, right? Go to the Apple store and um, look in podcasts. Just search. Put in. You have to search because there are many, right? There are millions of them. So you just would put in effortless English podcast search. And then you'll find mine. Then you just subscribe. You click subscribe. Then after that, the app automatically will give you, will download every new show, every new Effortless English show. It's the same shows, but only audio, not no video. And I do, sometimes I do extras. I do more audio shows. Sometimes, um, for example, it's late at night here. I'm watching a baby. I can't really do the video. I don't want to turn on the lights. I don't want to make the baby wake up. So I'll just record an audio and put it on the podcast. So you, it's not on YouTube. It's not on Facebook. It's just only on the podcast. So iTunes is one, but there are many. There are probably hundreds of apps. Just, just again, go to the uh, Google Play Store. If you have Android uh, or win- whatever Windows uses, and uh, just search, you know, podcast app. Tune in is that's one uh, podcast addict, uh, cast box. There are lots of them. So that's it. That's it. Very simple. Okay, one more. Okay, I'll get all this as an extra. Abra, please say something to my daughter to motivate her to learn English. I don't know how old she is, but you know, the the the. 
for motivation, you just got to think of the benefits that you, that English lets you travel the world easily. You can see amazing places, meet amazing people, you know, do amazing things. And English means you can travel to France and you can speak English. They might not like it, those French, but <laughs> you can still survive and you can go to Thailand and speak English and you can still survive. You can even come here to Japan like Kyoto or Tokyo and with English you can survive and this is what is great because English opens the whole world to you. Alright, I'm going to do last one. One, one, one more. Hmm. <laughs> All the Poles are saying to come and visit Poland, visit Krakow. It is our jewel. Would love to. Anna says, Poland's waiting for you. Oh, lots of Poles today. And Joel is in Brazil. Christelle, have you been to, asked if I've been to any countries in Africa? I have not been to Africa yet, and I also have not been to South America. Two whole continents that I have not been to. All right. I think we're about done. AJ, you have a lot of fans from Poland. Personally, I live in Iceland now, but I am coming back home to Poland. Fantastic. All right. I look, looks like that is the end for today. Great. All right, guys. I think it's time for me to go. Sour grapes. Let's just quickly review today's story again. Sour grapes. We've got a few vocabulary words. So sour grapes is the idiom, right? Sour grapes. When you want something, you fail to get it, or someone, someone wants something, they fail to get it, then they pretend they didn't want it. They pretend they didn't want it because actually it's not very good. Right? We say they have sour grapes. And then the vocabulary words we learned, we had cluster, right? A cluster of grapes. Right? A group, a small, a group, a tight group of many different things. In our story, it's a cluster of grapes. A vine is like a plant that grows on the side of another plant or up a wall. Ripe means ready to eat, especially for fruit. And incapacity means it's like inability, means you don't have the ability to do something. You don't have the, uh, yeah, really, it means you don't have the ability to do something. It's an incapacity. It's a noun. That's it. As always, thank you so much. And as always, join my Effortless English uh, VIP program at EffortlessEnglishClub.com. We'll be back again soon. In two days, again, I will interview Sridharma Pravartika Acharya. <laughs> the last word. I always want to do, make, put, say the R in the wrong place. Acharya. Anyway, interviewing him about natural law. Uh, Japan time, 4.30 a.m. That's right. I will be awake at 4.30 a.m. <laughs> interviewing him. on That is, uh, Japan time is May 26, 4.30 a.m. It'll be live, and of course, I'll record it. 
Tomorrow, we'll do our book club show. We'll do the next section of our book from Dale Carnegie tomorrow. All right, until then, lots of love to you. And as always, join my VIP program. Speak English fluently, speak powerfully, speak effortlessly. Get the results. Today, we heard a couple VIP members telling us their results that are very good. You too, when you commit, don't quit to my VIP program today at EffortlessEnglishClub.com. Go to EffortlessEnglishClub.com.